Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we thank you for an opportunity to be on the air and share your truth. I pray for your presence during this broadcast that we would have thoughts from you and that those tuning in would be drawn closer to Jesus Christ because of this program. And Father, I just ask that as we have a special opportunity to discuss a very important topic that you would especially bless us with your spirit as we discuss. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am your host, Scott Ritzema, and once again, here we are with a news broadcast. But today is a special, special event. It's very special to me because I have my good friend, Chad Cruiser, in studio with me. We're doing an interactive interview for today's program, talking about one of the most important topics I ever hit on the radio broadcast, and that is your health. And Chad Cruiser is the founder of Anchor Point Films, and he is a documentary filmmaker. He's just returned from Turkey, where he got some fantastic footage of the terrain there and the archaeology and the, the seven churches of Revelation. He was prior to that in Europe and has been all over the globe as a very avid missionary and gospel worker for the Lord, and just so happens to be my good childhood friend, Chad and I grew up together in Michigan, and here we are now in the studio on 11th Hour Dispatch, discussing his latest film called Eight Secrets to Ancient Health. Thanks for being with us, Chad. Thank you for having me, Scott. Chad, I want to start out with this question of why delve into the topic of health. I know that you are a documentary filmmaker with Anchor Point Films, usually looking at the topics of Bible prophecy, looking at archaeology and all of this. And when you told me a year or almost two ago, you've been really working on this one for, for, for some time, that you were doing a health documentary, I, my, my ears perked up. Tell the audience why, as a Christian filmmaker, the topic of health was something you wanted to get into. Well, you know, Scott, there really are a few reasons personally why I was interested in the subject of health. I did not grow up very interested in health at all. I uh, ate a very poor diet. But over time, I had acquired some health problems. And not only the health problems, but beginning to learn from science and actually from the Bible itself, some of the ancient health principles that we have, these principles as I partook of them myself, as I actually implemented these things in my life, I began to be changed. I began to have a transformation of life myself. And this was something that I wanted to be able to share with others so that they could see that there's more to the biblical scriptures than just the spiritual story, although it is mainly spiritual. There are some powerful points from scripture that actually can be life-changing. Well, one of the things that really jumps out to the viewer of this film, or even before you view the film, you look at the title of it. It says, Eight Secrets to Ancient Health. Uh, tell me about why, why the ancient is a, a part of the title and, and, and a part of the film. What does that have to do with, with our health? Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, 
When you look back in ancient history, when you look at much of history, you see that the typical ideas that people held in antiquity about health were principles that in general we would realize today are just almost crazy. But the reality is, is we can look back through archaeology, through the Egyptians, through the gladiators, through different things, and then into the biblical narrative and see that there are some good ancient health principles, but there are also many crazy health principles that people in history held on to. So how can we differentiate the two? And in this documentary, we mix together the a mixture of archaeology and history, and then it finally comes down to the cultures of longevity. That's where we get the ancient health aspect, that there are principles that were anciently used that we can actually take into our lives today that can benefit us uh, right here, right now, but also potentially in our, our health and longevity. Well, I'm sure you've got the listener on the edge of their seats. Uh, tell us about the Egyptians. Tell us about the gladiators. Uh, what can we learn from these ancient cultures? You know, in Exodus chapter 15, God made kind of a strange statement that really wouldn't have meant much to us uh, over the last several hundred years. God had said in Exodus chapter 15 that if his followers, those who followed God, those who followed his word, if they would follow God's commandments, if they would follow all of his teachings in his word, that they he would put none of the diseases that the Egyptians had upon the Israelites. And to us, we would say, well, what is that? I have no idea what the diseases of the ancient Egyptians were. What well, we didn't know until the 1900s. And doctors and scientists began to actually take mummies. They would bring them into the CT scanner. They would bring them into the MRI scanner. And what they would do is they would actually do scans upon these mummies. So they wouldn't actually have to break them apart and cut them open and destroy these, these you know, ancient cadavers. But what they could actually do is they could do it with, without without breaking them, without doing anything to them. They could just put them in the scanner and they could see what kind of diseases were in the lives of the ancient Egyptians. And wouldn't you know, as they looked into it, you see, just to let you know, the Egyptians that we find mummified, these are not just any old Egyptians. Anyone typically knows, if you know anything about the uh, the Egyptian time period, that the mummies were, in general, the wealthier people. Not everybody got to have, you know, to be mummified or to have a pyramid, obviously. I mean, very select few would have that. But what we discover is by looking at these mummies, we realize, number one, we are looking at wealthy people. And what we discover is, is that these ancient wealthy Egyptians died of very similar diseases or suffered with the similar diseases that we in the Western world suffer with today. Uh, things like atherosclerosis, meaning the hardening of the arteries. So they would have heart attacks. They would have gallstones. They would have cancer. They would have sexually transmitted diseases. So many of these things that people suffer with, and many of these things are what we would call Western or lifestyle diseases, meaning they're diseases that are brought upon us by the lifestyle that we are actually actually living and God had said in Exodus chapter 15 that if we followed the biblical principles, uh, God's law, and that would include his health principles, that we wouldn't have these same diseases. And amazingly enough, um, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, there have been people in these modern times who've actually tried to put these biblical principles into their own lives, and they have found amazing results. 
That is, Chad, you absolutely are fascinating me by this because I love history, but what I love about your films is not that it's just historical facts for their own sake, but you can see the Bible verified in the archaeology that you can do these scans of these mummies and you can actually see that the Egyptians had these diseases that God said to Israel, hey, you don't want to get the Egyptian diseases, I will make sure you don't get those. What an incredible, powerful uh, credibility that that lends to God's word and to his law, for that matter. Um, I am looking forward to hearing about those modern cultures. Can you tell us about the gladiators? Yes. Uh, they actually did a dig over in Ephesus. And actually, I was just a couple weeks ago over in Ephesus there in modern-day Turkey. And they found a graveyard of gladiators in Ephesus. And as they dug them up, they discovered that they were gladiators. How did they discover that? Well, number one, they noticed the instruments that were buried with them. They, they found the different implements of battle that you would find in the gladiator you know, uh, battles. And so as they were looking at these gladiators, they are able to actually take their bones. Many people don't know this, but they can actually analyze the bone, the components of the bones of ancient people. And by doing that, they can find out what the diet was, the, the customary diet was of an individual over a long period of time. And so you'd imagine these were the, you know, some of the greatest warriors. I mean, these guys, and according to Dr. McDougal, they actually, they were, they were some of the most popular people at the time. They were maybe like, you know, some of the great boxers or something like that today. And they actually could choose potentially what they ate. And as we go back and look at them, you think, well, surely they must have had, you know, large amounts of meat. You know, you're going to be real strong, get all that great protein. But as they analyzed the structure of the bones, the components, the mineral composition of the bones, what they discovered is that these gladiators, strangely enough, were plant-based eaters. And as we look back on them, we know that they were actually called the barley men. Now, what does that mean? Meaning the barley men, because they basically, their diet was composed of largely barley and beans. And we may wonder, well, why on earth would they want to do that? And it's because they wanted to win. And they realized that by doing this, it would create not only physical strength, it also is good for mental acuity, but one of the things that it increases your stamina. When someone has this, they, they have the ability to, you know, exercise longer. Science shows that as we move away from the, you know, meat-based products more to a, you know, what we might today call more of an Eden diet, closer to that Eden diet, you begin to notice that you have more energy, uh, your, your stamina increases, you can exercise longer, and you just in general have more energy. And so looking at these gladiators, we discover that these were a plant based group of people. Now, I'm sure that is absolutely exploding people's uh, preconceived notions, Chad, about what a, you know, strong, tough guy is, right? I mean, we would pride ourselves on you and I used to, you know, eat large quantities of meat as we were teens and trying to be the the real men. And, you know, as I, as I saw a... Um, documentary on on health. I think it was Forks Over Knives. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but they actually interview one of these modern day fighters and and you know neither Chad nor I endorse obviously gladiatorial events and all this UFC, you know, craziness of of violence, but it is interesting that the people who want to be strong and fit. There was this UFC fighter who was dedicated firmly to a plant 
based diet because he said I recover better from my exercises. I I, I can work out stronger and and faster and and I just perform better when I'm not eating meat and dairy. It's an amazing thing that people are starting to wake up to that I sure didn't grow up with. This took some getting used to for me. I mean, it totally, you have to rethink everything you thought you knew about health in order to be objective and accept the facts of history, the facts of archaeology and the facts of modern science. Hopefully after the break, we can get into some of the modern science. But before we head to the break, could you tell us about the Okinawans and the Sardinians? These are two modern day cultures that you said were longevity cultures. Tell us a bit about those. Yes, the Okinawans and Sardinians are some of the longest living people today, although they're actual they're they're losing their longevity because of their newer lifestyles that they're taking taking up today. But the Okinawans, they were mostly a plant-based people. They ha- would have 98, 99% of their diet would actually be plant-based. And so they lived very long. They were one of the longest living cultures. We look at the Sardinians, one of the aspects of their culture that seemed to benefit their longevity was their activity levels. These people uh, would move a lot. They were out, they were working with their hands. They were using their body, you know, as they were working in their gardens and all of these things. So they were fi- finding benefits to their active lifestyle. These people are not, you know, running marathons per se, but it was their consistent, healthy lifestyle. Well, folks, I hope that you have your interest peaked for one more segment of this. I can't wait to hear more about these health principles personally. I know that the more you do to get back to God's principles, the more it benefits you. And we're going to get into that after the break. Stay with us. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com or write to us at 11333 Bacchus Road, Lakeview, Michigan, 48850. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents actually spent hours per day in dialogue with their children. They were good listeners. They actually spent large quantities of quality time investing in their relationship with their kids. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the soul? of man. Oh, you rescue the souls of man. 
we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. The website is 11thHourDispatch.com. And we are in studio, Chad Cruiser and I are discussing your health, his health, my health. And this is something every one of us needs to be considering for our own lives because you get one body. God gives you that body. That's the temple of God. You know, you might wonder why should we be talking about health as Christians? And what Chad was getting into early last last segment really hit home for me again that God actually listed health principles in the Bible. And I want to talk about those as well as the modern science with Chad as we continue on. But I'm guessing the listener at this point is also wondering, how can I get my hands on this film, this documentary, Eight Secrets to Ancient Health, Eight Secrets of Ancient Health. And Chad Cruiser's website is anchorpointfilms.com. And we're also carrying that DVD as well because we support everything that Chad is up to with his documentary films. I should say Chad and his wife, Fadia, who wasn't able to join us in studio, but uh, 11thHourDispatch.com, another source for their fantastic work. So back to the topic of these longevity groups. You know, when you look at a group of people on planet Earth like the Okinawans, uh, the what was the other group again? The Sardinians. These, you can actually look at them objectively and see that they are living longer on average than other people in the world. Well, that makes me wonder, what are they doing differently, right? Uh, Chad said the Okinawans ate mostly a plant-based diet and the Sardinians exercised. And okay, I'm, I'm starting to notice a trend here. Nutrition, exercise. Uh, Chad also mentioned to me there's a, there's a third group that's not a culture Per se, uh, it's, it's a religious group of people all around the world. Chad, tell us about the health and longevity of the Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Yes, the Seventh-day Adventists actually are the longest living people on planet Earth today, and they're the only group of, of people that have longevity that are actually increasing in longevity today. And they are Christians who believe in the Bible. They believe in the written word of God. And and they actually were a group of people who historically in the latter portion of the 1800s, they were dying in their 40s. They were living, you know, they were experiencing the lifestyle that many people lived with back then. And something happened. A change began to come over them. They began to look into scripture and begin to say, hey, what does the Bible say? And they actually decided trying to get back, see if they could get closer back to the what the Bible teaches is the original diet, which is actually uh, the Eden diet, which is getting back to a plant-based diet. And as they began to do that, and as they began to try to live out health principles in their own lives, a change began to take place, that these diseases that we see in the Egyptians that we talked about last segment, how the Egyptians had heart disease, diabetes, cancer, sexually transmitted diseases, that when they began to live out the principles of health, the biblical health, or these ancient health principles, that it actually began to reverse disease or actually stop diseases from ever occurring in the first place. And so this amazing change took place in their lives just by simply following biblical principles. And what's fascinating is, is that as a result of following the Bible, scripture, this ancient book, I mean, what what did Moses know, you know, over 3,000 years ago, but yet following his health principles brought about the longest living people on planet Earth today. Well, Chad, I uh, I appreciate knowing that because then it tells me that it's not just genetic. 
you know those Okinawans? Well, they just have good genetics, people would say, right? But the Seventh-day Adventist group, this is a group of people of all different cultures all around the world, and the only thing they have in common is their belief in the Bible and in Jesus Christ and the Seventh-day Sabbath and, you know, doctrinal truths. And, of course, the most important aspect of what would make them live longer— their diet, that they tend toward a meatless or even better, a plant-based diet. Now, you can tell by my questions and comments that I have bought into this concept of a plant-based diet for quite some time. I moved over toward this a number of years ago. And personally, folks, I can say definitively that it is difficult, painful, and hard at first. And you don't feel better at first. Because your body actually needs to detox. When you move into a, a healthy living scenario, your body is expelling toxins and you feel worse for a little while. But then, ah, wow. I mean, it's like you think clear, more clearly. You have more energy. And when I talk about health with folks, I say, you know, we want to be interested in this because you want to have peak mental brain function, you want to have high energy, you want to have a positive attitude, and all of this comes from what it is that we're putting in our bodies. And so when Chad discusses this issue of diet, I, I, I can't emphasize the point enough. It really changes your life for the better or the worse. If you eat bad food for the worse, good food for the better. Now, I remember, Chad, you talking about those uh, those Sardinians who were a highly active people. Exercise, I think everybody knows, is uh, what I've read, the single most important thing you can do for your health is to move your body. Uh, speak to that and, and move on to any other health principles from the Bible, from, from the Garden of Eden. Teach us more about what the science might be saying and about how to live a healthy life. You know, right along with uh, a mixture of eating healthy and exercise is you may have heard just some time ago that the one of these strong men on planet Earth, one of the strongest men in the world, actually, he broke the world record. And what he did is he carried over 1,200 pounds for over 30 feet. And when he dropped it to the ground, when he finally got to the end of breaking this world record in front of a crowd of, you know, hundreds or thousands of people, uh, as he dropped the weights, he yelled, vegan power. And you wouldn't imagine that. You wouldn't think like, oh, the strongest guy just broke a world record in weightlifting would be a vegan. But it's amazing that the plant-based foods, giving the proteins just as they were made in the plants, exactly what the human body originally, according to the Bible, it, that is anyway, originally what humans would have eat, eating, eaten these plant-based foods, it benefited him to make him one of the strongest people on planet Earth. And so we look at these different groups of people, and the Adventists specifically are seeking many of them to live, not all of them, but many of them choosing to live a plant-based lifestyle. It is true. You find that one of the things we discover is that the only diet that has been proven to actually reverse coronary artery disease. That means, uh, you know, people who are, you know, just saving up to get a heart attack, their, their arteries are clogging, they're filling up. The only diet that has been proven to actually reverse that is a low-fat plant-based diet. That's the only kind of diet that humankind has ever been able to find. Meaning people can have literally 90% blockage in their arteries, but getting back to the biblical principles of the closer to the Eden diet can actually reverse possibly one of the most dreaded diseases in our Western culture. 
It is just absolutely amazing that God gave these principles. We implement them today. And we, and it's amazing how fast, just like Scott said, the first few days, no, it does not feel better. You might feel even weak and you just feel, you know, groggy or you just don't feel good. But I can tell you, just as Scott said, that I'm one of the least likely people on the planet to try a diet like this. When I first heard people talking about, you know, eating plant-based, I thought that is ridiculous. I wanted nothing, nothing to do with it. But I was tired all the time. I had achy joints. My mind was totally foggy. I could sleep and never felt rejuvenated. But within two weeks, two weeks of changing my diet, it absolutely changed my life. So I can tell you, I, I went from being a skeptic in this regard to a believer. I want to challenge the listener right now, Chad. Now that you threw that out there about two weeks, you can do anything hard for two weeks, right? And so if you're skeptical like Chad was, I sure was, there's nothing like trying it for yourself. You know, you can look at all the fantastic science that we have supporting this lifestyle. You can watch a documentary like Forks Over Knives or better yet, Eight Secrets to Ancient Health of Ancient Health. And you can look at that science and be, be convinced. But there's nothing like experiencing it for yourself. Try it for two weeks. Say, I'm going to see and test this to see if it helps. And you'll find two weeks or or maybe longer, it'll be hard. But wait another two after that passes. So take a month. Say, this is my plant-based month. And I'm going to just go and find all my favorite vegetables and favorite fruits and favorite whole grains. And I'm going to find my favorite nuts and I'm going to eat them in abundance at proper meal times and in proper quantities and view it as a joyful thing. Don't say, oh, I got to give up cheese. Oh, I can't have butter and beef and my, you know, no, don't view it as what you're giving up. Get excited about that what are the nutritional components of that salad right there? And when you think about what that's going to do for me, uh, Chad, speak to the benefits of, you know, what is in this food that you may not be getting enough of, or what is the meat and dairy doing that might be harmful? That's a good question. Now, speaking of the harmful effects, uh, starting on a negative, we'll, we'll move to the positive, is, is the harmful effects can be things like it does clog your arteries. It does fill you because, because these animals are accumulating toxins within their body. And so as a result, they are you're getting an increased level of toxicity as you eat meat, and it also causes inflammation. And inflammation is implicated in all kinds of diseases, including depression, including heart disease, almost any disease you're going to find is part of the, you know, something that causes the disease is inflammation. And you, and you get that particularly from eating meat. But moving to the plant-based side, you're instead of having the animal digest the food for you, you're actually going right to the source. So you're getting the vitamins, you're getting the minerals, you're getting the antioxidants, which help fight things like cancer and all of these, all of this nutrition put into your body gives you that clarity of mind, gives you strength, gives you stamina, all of these things. I mean, it's absolutely amazing how it can change your life. You know, back to these eight principles of ancient health that we're talking about. The first one's nutrition. We talked about that exercise. We've, you know, touched on that a little bit. You move on. The next one is W for water. And actually, 
the Weimar Institute came up with an acronym. It's New Start, and it's these eight principles. The first one is N, nutrition. E is exercise. The third one is W, and stands for water. Getting away from all kinds of drinks, you know, coffee, soda, all of these things, and getting back to pure, healthy water. You know, getting all of the, you know, just just filling your body with the adequate amounts of water. It's so good for your brain. And just to quickly rush through them, the next one is S for sunlight. Getting adequate amounts, not too much. You don't want to burn, but you can actually avoid more cancers by getting sunlight than avoiding it. The next T stands for temperance. That's avoiding alcohol, drugs, and unhealthy things. A stands for air, getting fresh air, getting out into the fresh air, even in the winter if you can. Bundle up and get out there in it. The R stands for rest. That is both getting a nightly rest and closer to the nine o'clock hour and getting several hours of sleep. The hours before midnight, uh, each hour before midnight, it has been said, is worth two hours after midnight. So that's the R for rest and also God's Sabbath rest, which is a life-changing blessing, getting back to God's word and his Sabbath and he, he actually keeping it as a rest. And the last T stands for trust in God, having that living relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing that can promote health so much sometimes in our experience uh, as having your heart right with God. You know, you can be broken, but God wants us to be right with him and have peace in our hearts. Amen, Chad. That's a good place to end. Trust in God, the ultimate health principle. Visit anchorpointfilms.com, 11thhourdispatch.com. I am Scott Ritzema. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. What happens when you take music that bypasses the frontal lobe, hypnotizes the listener? opens the door to spiritualism, alters states of consciousness, causes you to release control of your thoughts, enhances gonadotropins, and releases addictive opioids in the brain. And you sing Christian lyrics to it. Answer? The lyrics matter not. And as I think about the styles of music we're using in the churches today, and not just in the worship setting, but on the radio stations and on our playlists on iTunes and on our CDs, I think about the study that was done by Dr. Newberg, and he stated that a charismatic worship style turns off prefrontal cortex function in the worshiper. The area where you reason, where you have sound judgment, spirituality, morality, the will, all of that, it's turned off. Could we even call it worship anymore at that point? Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.